about this song reminds me of my stalker who appears to have stolen my identity like and is like living a second parallel life to me wears my clothes out smokes in them wears my clothes at the yoga studio when I'm in yoga class it's disgusting uses my hockey gear in Nelson breaks my fishing boat in Souk you know and I have to I have to deal with this every minute of every day it's gross you know so that song was Stan by Eminem. So I have a Stan. This is Christian Demaz, otherwise known as Chris, Wenjack, Flurry, Jazansky, M. McLuhan, Demaz Morrison, as in son of Morris, elementary school teacher, logger, philosopher, father of four, angler. Teacher. Anyway, I'm down to about $70 here. I guess I've got to last a couple days on $70. Welcome to Canada in 2023. Ironically, there's a lot of rich people pretending to be poor. <laughs> you know, camping. They've just sold their houses for like $2 million and they're driving around in vans. <laughs> Filling up all the campgrounds so people with kids can't camp there in British Columbia. It's kind of weird. Literally, people's rigs, their trucks, and their trailers are worth like $150,000 at least. They have no kids. They sit there, don't even talk in the campground, the BC, BC Provincial Parks. And there's families that want to take their kids camping, and they can't because rich people rich people are filling up all the campgrounds. What a weird, weird world we live in. Again, there's no prioritization, right? There's no prioritization for work people do, like whether they save life through growing food or building houses, whether, you know, they get access to whatever it is, goods or materials. or There's just zero. It's just like there's this ideological belief that if you have capital, well, then you're good, and whatever way you flow your money should be a good thing. Well, that's not always the case. You know, there's, there is a role for the state to play in provision of minimum amounts of stuff to people like food and housing and and I guess that's the great war we're in the one ideology believing that the state should do everything and the other ideology believing that whoever has the most money should have be able to buy all the women and have a harem right like that's sort of the two extremes and they do this battle back and forth and if you only have two political parties in your country, well, then that's th- those are the two parties that are actually waging war against each other. The ebb and flow of insanity of these two ideologies. Both wrong, right? Both wrong. They have different names in your country. One will be this-ism, the other will be that-ism. And they go online, like they, 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 declare, they, have, they have these war of words where they say, well... You don't want this ism or that ism or the other ism because that's the most horrible thing. And it's like, well, you know. And they go back and forth and back and forth until you just disconnect from reading this crap. Why do I like Eminem? Why do I like singer-songwriters? Because they speak from their heart. So it's really quite awesome when you hear people do that. Now there's a whole bunch of white ladies in the United States that hate me because I said I like Eminem. Well, you do too. You're just in denial. You know, you you like him because 
And, and like, you might not 100% like what he says, but I guarantee you like at least 50% of what he says. And if you don't, then you're some sort of autistic psychopath because he's speaking with emotion about what he grew up in and where he is now and the struggles he's had about people, hundreds of thousands of people trying to make him out to be a bad guy when he's just a guy who was trying to provide for his family. Almost identical to my situation. But they won't give you 10 seconds to speak your truth or tell your story. So you have to just find ways to do it. You plant words here, there, at a campground, in your car, on the internet. And eventually someone else is going to hear it and go, no, no, that is a good guy. He's just been worked. Globally. He's been attacked on a global level. So let's talk about the globe. There's a lot of idiocy out there on climate change. So let's poke a few holes in the retards to spew their shit. Who likes chicken soup? Not chicken soup for the soul. As a side note, I think my father was in one of those books. But real chicken soup. Who likes chicken soup? Half a liter of chicken soup a day. It's great, right? Goes into your body. You ingest it, nourishes your heart and your soul. Everyone likes chicken soup. Why does chicken soup matter? Because it's it's about the rate of ingestion. The rate of ingestion of chicken soup, half a liter a day, no problems. In fact, it'll be good for you probably. But what if you're forced to ingest 100 liters of chicken soup into your stomach every day? Well, you're going to die. Your, in, your internal organization organs will implode somehow. Your stomach will break. You'll die. Why? Because the rate of ingestion was too high. Not a poison, chicken soup. It's a good thing. But if the rate is too high, you'll die. So you have these idiots... And, you know, sometimes they belong to certain political parties that might, you know, identify as being conservative in 2023. I don't know. And they say, CO2, carbon dioxide, is a natural thing and it's good for the trees and the earth. Sure, at a natural rate of half a liter a day. But what we've done by mining hydrocarbons, we've mined the sun's stored energy over billions of years. We've mined it all in like 100 years. Put it up into the atmosphere. And so the rate of ingestion is a billion times higher than it naturally should be or some ridiculous number like that. Some order of magnitude like that, right? And so, you know, we can't pee it out as fast as we're ingesting it. And so we die. So the earth, well, not the earth. The earth will always survive on some level, right? And recover over 100 million years. But humans can't do that. We have a very limited time span. And, you know, I'll I'll let the philosophers decide if that's a good or a bad thing, whether or not the human species should be cut back from 8 billion to what we were pre-hydrocarbon, which we'd gotten to about a billion by, like, 1890, 1900. Somewhere around there, there's, like, a billion humans on Earth. And it was quite sustainable, right? I don't think at that point... Well, maybe at that point we'd managed to kill all the whales, you know, like... So, yeah, maybe there... Yeah, and we'd killed all the bison. So maybe that was too many. Maybe 100 million is the right number of humans on Earth. I'll let someone else figure out that right number, right? Like, because it sure is an 8 billion. 
And nobody wants to say that. Nobody wants to say, look, there's too many of us. We don't have a natural predator anymore. Like, as a human, to see your apex predator, you have to go see a lion in a zoo or the Kalahari Desert. You have to go to Mount Everest. You know, to challenge your life to where you might almost die, you have to head your sailboat in, into a hurricane. You know, to see if you can survive that. Like, to get that that rush of skiing a 55-degree slope thinking, if I crash, like, I, I might die here. And there's a lot of humans who don't even want that anymore. They live in a bubble. They don't know what that feels like because it's awesome. The feeling is awesome. But so every now and then I pull a book out of the library, the University of Victoria, and it teaches me something. And I've said it before, like I, I gave this little speech before I went to walk to my death for the second time in Nepal by the terrorists who had murdered my life and killed my daughter in Saanich, B.C., the pedophile capital of Canada. And, you know, I hate those fucking people more than you could possibly imagine. So the speech I gave was, you know, it takes about between 150 million years and 250 million years to make a hydrocarbon. So that leaf you see today, it takes 200 million years to get that under the ground in a safe place, which is underground. And we've taken that toxin, mined it, stuck it in my car that I'm driving in, right? Made everything that I see outside my windshield, the the road, the tent I sleep in, you know, the phone I'm speaking on, everything from a hydrocarbon, everything. The telephone pole, the power line that got into the ground like that, the line itself, all of it from hydrocarbons. 200 million years. So we took those hydrocarbons that took billions of years of sun's energy. It took 200 million years to get that energy underground in the form of a hydrocarbon. And we mined it all in like 100 years and put it up in the atmosphere. <laughs> what could go wrong? With a thousand liters of chicken soup pumped into your stomach in 24 hours. What could go wrong? The rate of ingestion is wrong, okay? But you'll have these old white fucking pedos that tell you, no, no, there's no climate change problem. And humans didn't have any impact at all. Bullshit! But you know. They're the smartest guy in town. They've got no education. They're, you know, they're reading whatever news site on the internet that has an AI loop that feeds the same shit back to them or, or makes it worse and worse, toxifies it. They never get an article that challenges their way of thinking. And, you know, frankly, old people, you've locked into your life, right? Like you lived a certain reality, so you believe your reality is reality. When in British Columbia today, there is a 0% vacancy rate. I have money... I have never in any way damaged any place I've lived in. I've always been fair, respectful, tried to follow the law, and yet I can't find a place to live in Victoria, B.C. But the reality of an old person is, oh, you know, it's, it's out there, it's available. Like, like my old Catholic bitch mom saying, well, you know, my granddaughter's education will be paid for because she's part First Nations. No, that's not real. That's, that's not reality. Like, who told you that? It's not reality. Go on Google and try and find that free education for anybody, First Nations or otherwise. It is not reality. 
and yet she believes it. And she sees her granddaughter not going to university or wherever. But she doesn't rethink it, you know, because she's locked in her old white bitch ways. Minding her, you know, she's got six cows that she cares more about than her fucking kids or anyone else in her life. Well, except for some Africans she might want to save in Africa through donations through her church. You know, this is classic narcissistic Catholic bitch, right? I'm going to save the fucking Africans before I care about kids or anybody around me. And if I do somehow get out of my narcissistic head and help somebody, I'm going to tell the whole fucking community that, a man, I helped them. I saved them. I saved that poor family. I helped them. I got some clothes for them and blah, blah, blah. And you have to hear this shit day after day as, as a child of these narcissists who don't give a fuck about their own kids. Trust me. If you're young, I, 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 I've said this before. I want you to ask yourself, has anybody come to me by the age of 20 and offered me to pay for my education, whatever that looks like, or to give a down payment for my house where I live? And if the answer is no, well, that means your whole family sucks. They're a bunch of cunts. Seriously, because there's literally no way in 2023 in British Columbia that you don't need some sort of financial help unless you're born into money or grandma died and gave you an inheritance, okay? You need it. Just to have a normal existence, you need it. But the old gray hairs, they got it all figured out. They know reality. They know it. They know that free education is there for those First Nations kids. Okay? You know? They know what you're doing wrong. They're going to tell you over and over. They know you've done the wrong thing. They'll tell you a hundred times, but will they ever help? Nope. Their favorite line. How could I possibly help? Yeah. I've heard that before. You know, and I shared, I shared this, there was this fake, fake guy, fake people follow me around all the time. Like, I don't know if they're just pathological liars or they're Instagram people or they're paid private investigators by billionaires. I don't know, you know, fake people follow me around all the time. So this guy's faking that he's, you know, on, on poverty row. He's got, he's living in his van. His teeth are white as fuck. Like he's an actor from LA, right? He, you know, he's got a 500 bucks to pay the dentist for his new teeth. He sold a house on an island, so he's got $2 million in the bank, but he's faking that he's poor. I guess he's cruising around trying to, I don't know, meet some surfer girl. I, I don't know what the guy's doing, but these fake people follow me around with their bullshit stories. And, and if you're on this island called Vancouver Island, half everybody here is a fucking addict of something, you know, and they're just bullshit and lies. Like, their families are fucking mental. Bullshit and lies, bullshit and lies, bullshit and lies, over and over and over again. You know, they'll be downtown Oak Bay and, and their family's worth ten million and they're you know, they're they've signed up for Greenpeace and they're waving this flag and they have no comprehension that every dollar their family made was from hydrocarbons, every life they've lived was from hydrocarbons. They've never in their existence tried to get a real education to add value to society. And then there's another group of people who work hard, contribute, and they're in total denial 
that in any way the human species has an impact on the earth. And let, let's talk about impact on the earth. At one point in the prairies, there were 50 million bison, apparently. 50 million. And the humans took that down to 1,500 bison in North America. If you look globally at the whales, whales used to provide all sorts of stuff. Oil for lamps. You know, their, the, the way they feed, their that system of teeth would, would be used for women's hairbrushes toothbrushes or something like that we almost killed every whale on earth in the ocean through the Japanese through North Americans through the Europeans Norwegians we almost killed every whale on earth now we've almost killed every wild salmon in British Columbia which to me is like I cannot believe that and I cannot believe the lack of response to get the fucking fish farms out of the path of the wild salmon to do whatever it takes to save the wild salmon I cannot believe that all governments haven't done that. And yet the Norwegian corporation has a direct line to the Prime Minister of Canada. So, you know. And they were smart, right? Like they gave all the First Nations people on these islands, they gave them jobs in the fish farms. So now they've created this political divide and conquer of, you know, do we get rid of the fish farms that are clearly in the path of wild salmon, right? with all these lice fucking up these young baby fish who are so vulnerable. But Norwegian Corp don't give no shit about that. They're down in Chile fucking that country up too, right? Just like British Columbian mining companies are down in Chile fucking that country up too and all over the world, Peru doing it, wherever. I'm not against corporations. It's just a, it's just a structure. You can you can change the structure and the laws if if you know what you're doing. Maybe the problem is we keep electing people that don't know what they're doing, and you know that works out great for people like Christy Clark with her pink hard hat. She's so she's so clueless. She doesn't know that she's like the useful idiot, right? She didn't even finish her degree. She couldn't even fucking finish it. She flew over to like Scotland or something to get it half done. You know, like so she dances around the province playing their political games a useful idiot just like half the white guys in politics meanwhile the bison die the climate gets fucked you know the latest the latest ridiculous thing Bill Gates (laughs) thinking I'm going to pump some shit into the atmosphere to reflect the natural solar radiation from the earth what could go wrong there? You can't make this shit up. So I've started a podcast. It's called Straight White Male Canadian Modern Chani Wenjack. The first two episodes you should listen to are called How They Tried to Kill Us or How Many Times They Tried to Kill Us which talks about how these people tried to kill me, my wife, and my my young baby boy, Andrew, quite a few times before they finally destroyed our marriage and family. The other one you should read, uh, listen to is, I think it's called episode 22, and it talks about Davos and surveillance throughout the globe. 
you're not going to want to believe it, but I'm telling you it's truth. At a certain point, right, like, you know, in torture of any, the military will tell their people this, try and hold out like 24 hours. But then no, everybody breaks, right? Eventually everybody breaks and they tell the truth. So I was, I was clearly tortured by October 2014 when I went to walk to my death. I emailed my serial killing stalker. I just sent an email to myself, right? And so they got that through Gmail. They got it. And I said, you can kill me now. You can kill me now. I'm going to go overseas to die. You can blow my brains out in Nepal. Nine years they'd hunted me. I had no idea why. I'd never set out to hurt anybody. I'd helped tons of people. Men, women, children. I've helped fucking everybody in my life. I just went there to die. I didn't even complain about it. Because, like, I grew up just not complaining, right? When I grew up, there was nothing I could do about the situation I was in. With my father dying in front of my eyes. By the age of 15, half my life he'd been dying in front of my eyes. I couldn't do anything about that. The only thing I could do was work hard at school. That's all I could do. That's all I could control. So there was literally no point in me complaining to somebody about a serial killer hunting me. Because A, your stupid fucking white families don't believe you. You you could tell every Canadian, man, I think the CIA is hunting me. And they'll look at you like... What the fuck? There's no CIA in Canada. Right. As if the as if the head of the Central Intelligence Agency of the United States wouldn't be fired if he didn't have operatives in Canada and Mexico. They'd fire the fucking person. So by definition, they're fucking in Canada. But you don't want to believe there's any spy in Canada, in British Columbia, in the city that controls politics in BC, Victoria, BC. You don't want to believe that. By definition, you're a fucking idiot if you don't believe that. Because that's what's known as a fact. By definition. And when you're like me, who's become now an enemy of the state, like Will Smith in the movie, Enemy of the State, you're innocent, you didn't do anything wrong, you don't know what the fuck's going on, and you're just like running for your life. And I said this in Nelson, I was on Baker Street, and I'm like, you know, leadership in its most primal level is like being exposed to hypothermic conditions, where the blood rushes away from the limbs to control the life of the organism, your your actual life. So in Canada, when you're exposed to hypothermic conditions, which I have been for 20 years, you lose... The millions in the bank, you lose the great career, you lose the, the cabin on the lake, you lose the boat, the fishing boat, you lose the small plane with the Edo floats, you you know, you lose traveling around the world, you lose four kids, become three kids, become two kids, becomes one. You lose the single family home, 
You're living in an apartment. Pretty soon you lose that. You're living in a fucking tent at a campground. Because your organism is literally trying to preserve life. And you are under extreme hypothermic conditions. Because I said those words in Nelson. And because I sent a fax to police who asked me. Why do you think this is going on? So I faxed in my WorkSafe BC appeal letter, which talks about what went on, what happened in the Ministry of Finance, where these fucking spies and assholes were murdering me. So what'd they do? They smashed my head into a concrete wall. They don't listen for two seconds for my story. They don't care about any medical practitioner that I've met in the last two months in Nelson. They don't talk to anybody who knows me in Nelson. They don't give a shit. Their whole goal, denigration, demean, isolate, harm. I don't know who's in charge of this province. But clearly nobody gives a fuck about human beings. Don't tell me you do. You don't. 